Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Obviously, that sort of season that you came back, we we were doing very well. I think it was November. We we went top of the league away at Charlton. Yeah. Was that sort of ever a, a belief that you in the squad felt was achievable, or like pushing on for the playoffs as a minimum, or were you kind of thinking like, oh fucking hell, I can't quite believe this is happening? Um, to be honest, it was it was a bit of both. I think. But we were sort of shocked that we were up there, but at the same time we were we were playing well, and we were we were beating a lot of teams. So it was almost like we probably shouldn't be up there, but at the end of the day, we're we're actually playing very well and we're we're winning a lot of games. So why why can't we be up there? Um, and yeah, it was it was it was mad to think that we were we were up there for so long. And yeah, obviously it was just everything just seemed to be to be going for us yeah. um and then obviously the covid covid came and, and that sort of derailed the whole sort of season how was that for you as i suppose you personally but as a, as a squad as a group as well like how was it for you all what the stop in the season or yeah the start i mean of the season? you know you, you're prepping for i think it was looting away and then yeah. next news is <laughs> we're all shutting our houses and can't go anywhere it, well it, again it's a it's a my opinion on this is probably different to everyone else because I got injured sort of two days after the Norwich game at home in the cup. Um, and I ended up having an operation sort of six weeks after that, um, which was then the start of COVID. So I basically had three months to get fit, um, which obviously the lads were fuming that they had three months off Um in home stuck doing runs every day but for me it was a chance to get fit and not miss any games so i was i was over the moon to be honest yeah even though even though it was very boring and almost um, a bit of a, a silver lining for you personally and i suppose any other lads that were injured i think piero had an injury at that time as well didn't he yeah there was a couple um i think josh earl possibly yeah. and piero yeah so so yeah, the fact that I, I managed to get back fit and not miss any games was was massive. But then the downside, I I didn't even I think I played five minutes in total in them last nine games. So that was a bit of a bummer, um, and I was a bit cheesed off because I obviously worked hard in that lockdown to to get myself back fit, and then it almost just felt wasted because pointless almost. Know. Sorry, almost felt pointless. Yeah, yeah, basically, because I, I played such limited time. Um, so yeah, in the end, it turned. It was, it was, it was disappointing, and especially the way the season ended um, with some poor results, and obviously the performances weren't weren't great. What was it that, that do you, 
what was it you think that maybe contributed to that? Was it a mix of coming back to no fans in stadiums and the fact that everything had changed so drastically for that period of time, or was there something something else that you think caused it? To be honest, I, it could have. It was probably a bit of everything. Um, I think just before the the break, obviously, I think what did, I think we lost a couple on the bounce. Um, I think, yeah, before the break, we'd we'd been on quite an iffy run. I think we'd like yeah. lost a few, drawn a few, but for somehow we managed to stay in the top six for ages. Yeah, I know. When yeah, um, you'd come off Deepdale, would have lost or drawn, and you're thinking, well. We're definitely out of the top six today, and yeah. you'd look and you'd be yeah, like, "Fucking yeah. hell!" Like these five teams have all lost as well. Yeah, I know everything seemed to be to be going for us, but it was almost like our results weren't, and then all of a sudden it was sort of dipped in confidence, maybe, and and all, almost we went into that lockdown with with sort of no confidence, came back, and then it just carried on. It was it was it was a very strange sort of end. Uh, like you said, with the no fans and getting, I think we when we went to Luton, we got changed in a in a bar in the ground, um, and then had to walk down the stand. Um, didn't even get showered after the game. It was just, it was just a weird. It just felt like pre-season almost. Um, and yeah, it was just a weird. The whole nine games just were were so strange. Obviously, I didn't play that much. I, I think I came on against Luton and. There was maybe one more I came on for a couple of minutes, but yeah, it just felt so surreal. Um, and yeah, I, I, it could have been it could have been a bit of everything to be honest. But it was definitely um, there was definitely a lack of sort of confidence. I felt anyway. The sort of end of that time that Alex was at the club. How how was that for you as a group of players? Because obviously we weren't performing. I think it was Peter said recently that last maybe four to six months he felt that Alex's heart wasn't in it anymore was that a feeling that sort of the the, the lad shared as well or yeah do you um, not pay much mind to that kind of stuff you just sort no, of crack it, on he's still the boss and you listen to him kind of thing or for me well you, you've always got to just listen to whatever the manager says for me anyway you you, you do what the manager says um regardless of what you think he's thinking or how he's acting but um it definitely felt like he sort of not lost interest, but he sort of had enough and he was, he was fed up with probably what was going on on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, again, it was probably a combined few things that had sort of got to that stage, but yeah, it definitely felt like he'd sort of had enough um, to say. And yeah, I think, I think some people, might say different but majority would would probably have said the same to be honest um obviously we weren't performing nowhere near as good as we should have which was probably pissing him off so it comes to a stage where it's almost it's 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 enough's enough do you know what i mean yeah Um, it's it's gonna boil over and ultimately generally in football anyway there's only one way it ends isn't there yeah exactly um so yeah i think i think a lot of people sort of seen it coming but at the same time um a lot of the lads who had been there for a fair few years um, probably DJ didn't really Brownie. think, yeah, probably didn't think he would leave. Um, and obviously, I was there sort of six months after the, the gaffer had signed, so even I didn't really think he was going to leave. Even though a, a lot of people probably thought it was 
it was time for a change. Uh, at the same time, it was it didn't really. I never thought it would happen. Do you know what I mean? Because um, yeah, I think he was coming under a lot of pressure from fans and. Is that something that you as players kind of feel, even though it's directed at the manager? Or, uh, or a little bit. again, not something that you really, like you say, quite a few yeah. of the lads probably never felt he would actually leave? No, I think, obviously, you go on Twitter and you see things like nowadays, just random tweets come up from, and you don't even know how they're, you don't follow that person. or And sometimes it would be something about a player or a manager and... Um, so yeah, people do see and sense what the fans are, are feeling. So at the time, I remember thinking like the fans aren't happy. Um, but like I said, it's it's, it's us who are, who are on the pitch. Um, so it, it, I know it happens at every club, every manager. If the players aren't performing, then the manager goes. Um, so it is harsh. But like I said, it, it almost felt like he maybe um, had enough at that time and. And yeah, it was obviously uh, time for a change. Yeah, you could, at least from my point of view and other fans, you could sense his frustration in the press when, yeah. you know, transfer windows, he's coming out and saying like, oh, you, you know, we need five or six quality players in this next window. And then two weeks later, he's like, yeah, we need three or four quality players. And then yeah. two weeks later, <laughs> he's like, we just need one quality player. You're like, yeah. no, Alex. <laughs> clutching at straws here. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, it was probably a combined sort of, there was a few things that had sort of yeah. led to, to him sort of having enough. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that always seems to be the reason why sort of managers um, get to that stage, really. There's, it's it's on, on, on and off the pitch sort of uh, antics which boil over and then all of a sudden it's, there's a new manager in. Yeah. How, how was the transition from Alex to Frankie? Um, to be honest, there was a few. Well, for instance, me, I, I wasn't getting. I was sort of fit from end of January, and I wasn't really getting getting any game time. Um, and then I think I came on against Luton for about five minutes. And did you ever me, did you ever go and talk to him about that? Did you say, like, yeah, why so am I not playing? I I used to go speak to him not all the time, but when when it was right. Um, I would go and speak to him and to be fair, he, he, he always said he liked me as a player and um, he'd always sort of get stats up of how I was one of the most creative players or where I need to be or running stats, I should do more. And he always used to say, you're, you're one of the most creative players, but just need to get you really fit and, and, and firing again. And so obviously... <sighs> It's frustrating because not, when I was team... going to say, did that not piss you off though? Because like on one hand, he's like, "You're one of the most creative players we've got," and then on the other hand, he's like, "But I'm not going to play you." Yeah, hundred percent. You almost sort of walk out the room, sort of baffled because if I am one of the most creative players, surely I, sh- I should be on the pitch, whether I can last ninety minutes or or not. So yeah. that was one thing that. From from sort of the first week, I always he, he always sort of said I wasn't fit enough or I didn't run enough. Um, so yeah, it was always something that that annoyed me a little bit because I'd never had a problem with that wherever I'd been. Um, maybe pre-season I'm not the best, but that's that's every pre-season. Um, I'm not great at long distance running, but it was weird because I always when I was on the pitch, I always I always felt good. Um, and yeah, it always seemed to be sort of 60th minute and, and I'd sort of get dragged off and 
and that was always sort of the time when the game would open up and you get a bit more of the ball or you get yeah. a bit more space. So yeah, it was sort of the last sort of year and a bit was frustrating for me because it felt like I'd have maybe a good game and then the next game might not play or I'd come off after 60. So yeah, it was frustrating. So Frankie comes in for the run at the end of the season. Did you think that was an opportunity that, again, like you said, you'd, you'd maybe get a bit bit more game time? Yeah, so like I said, I thought maybe there'll be a clean slate and I might get a chance. And the fact that obviously Frankie took over, a part of me still thought I'll, I'll get a chance because he's he's seen me train and he knows what I can do. So there's no reason why. But then sort of after a few days, he, he sort of told everyone the formation he wanted to play and it was a diamond, which obviously doesn't really suit me playing out wide. Um but then, obviously, I've played up front before, so I thought maybe I'll I'll be one of the two strikers. Um, I know, obviously, Ched was on fire at the time, and um, you could put anyone up there, really. You could have DJ off him or Emil. So there was a lot to choose from, but I still thought I'm, I'm, I, I could still be good enough to play up front with, with any of those guys. So, um, yeah, part of me still, still believed I had a chance um, until sort of two, three games in, um, and I didn't get on um, and then I think I came on up front for three, four minutes oh no, actually it was probably about ten minutes and we were 4-0 down 4-0 down to Brentford yeah. so yeah, so it's, 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 what can you do in ten minutes so, at 4-0 down so, you, you were fit from sort of like January, February all the way so through yeah, but so, just never got, got a chance no, literally from January, I think I there was talk of me going on loan in January, um, and I remember speaking to the manager, and he said, "Nah, you're you're in my plans. Um, once you're sort of back fit, and you'll be in the squad, on the bench, or or even starting." So, um, obviously, that's what you want to hear from the manager. I, you don't really want to be going out on loan and moving here, there, and everywhere. So, yeah, from sort of the end of January. Um, I thought I'm going to get a chance. Hopefully, I'll get. In my head, I was thinking maybe ten games to to obviously earn a new new sort of contract, which is obviously what I wanted. So I was fit from then. To, I think I had maybe a week at the start of um, Feb, which I sort of had off with my calf. So from sort of the start of Feb to the end of the season, I was I was fit and I trained every day. So. There was no sort of excuse to say you're not fit enough or it was literally not either not having me as a player or or I just didn't fit sort of their formation really. Would you as a player would you rather be told, Look, I'm not having you anymore or you don't fit into my plans in terms of the way we're gonna play or something like that? I I'm guessing you would rather have someone be up front with you like that than just sort of like string you along. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think the, as soon as you're honest to a player, whether that is them being negative or positive towards you, I think as long as you're honest, you'll you'll get that respect from from not just a player but from anyone. Um, and to be honest, I didn't really feel like that towards the end. I was obviously going in asking why why am I not coming on to all of a sudden why why am I not even on the bench and 
um, yeah, it was it was tough to take. But when you sort of don't get told exactly the not the truth, but when someone's not really giving it to you, how you sort of being honest with you, yeah, being honest basically is is a lot harder to take because you still think you've got a chance and. Yeah, you, you're still working hard and training. I remember those days where I'd train really well and then all of a sudden we do a bit of shape and I was playing left back or right back and I'm thinking, like, it's, it's, it's clear that I'm not really wanted here. Um, no, uh, no Piero shenanigans. I know he told me about his, uh, I think, was it a header that he scored in oh, training when he'd been yeah, told to play, like, and, right back or centre-back yeah, and, so and celebrated in I think, Alex's face? I think it was... Um, I think Piero was right back and I was left back um, and he was literally overlapping me from the other fullback position. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, he scored, he scored probably the best header I've ever seen. And then everyone, well, the team he scored, uh, our team just ran off and done knee slides um, in the corner. Um, but I think part of that was a bit of him doing it in front of Alex Neal, but um, yeah, he, he was, he was top quality Piero. Um, to, to be fair to Piero, he did he did sort of caveat that with the fact that he, he actually didn't feel that he ended on bad terms with Alex. Um, no. I think I think he, he actually said, I don't know if it was in the podcast or to me afterwards, that Alex had texted him before the playoff semi that he was in with Bournemouth and just wished him good luck. So yeah. for anyone listening, I will caveat that and say, you know, it, it wasn't like it was all yeah, no. negative and... People yeah, falling no, out and, all and, over the place. And the thing is, the thing is with Piero, he was he was always a lively character, a bubbly character. So anytime there was sort of any dispute or a little falling out, people would always well, especially Piero, he'd always make up and do you know what I mean? He was that sort of guy. Um he was passionate at the end of the day. He always wanted to win and sometimes you, you don't get sort of what you want and you might fall out, but he was he was a top guy and um yeah, one one hell of a player as well. Yeah, one hell of a podcast guest, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously you, you move away in the summer. How did that come about? Was the was the sort of talks toward the end of the season that you had or did you kind of have a feeling it was coming? Like how yeah. how did that all come to a head? Well, like I said, it was I was going in sort of probably every every week the last sort of month of the season. Obviously, players aren't stupid. I knew it was highly unlikely that I'll be getting a new contract. I've, I think, what was it, come on in that Brentford game? And that was that was it from, I think, from January, end of January. That was my second appearance. So I could see the writing was, was on the wall. and um, But obviously, I was going in asking. I wanted to know for sure what was going on because um, just to prepare for, for the future. Me and Malty, to be fair, we were going in all the time asking, like, we need to we need to know, basically. We're not on the bench. We're not in the squad. Just give us an answer. Um, and to be honest, Frankie sort of never really gave us a, a a definite answer. And that was a bit frustrating, which I understand a little bit because obviously he, he was only caretaker at the time. But, yeah, towards the end of the season, I'm sure he, he would have known a yes or no for us. Um, at, at the end of the day, it was our, our career. I know it was his career as well as a, as a manager, but um, yeah, we would have just liked to have been told probably a bit earlier um, than literally the last sort of day of the season, which is when we finally um, got oh, told. No. And, yeah. yeah. Um, 
so it was a bit it was a bit disappointing to sort of get sort of it felt like we sort of got led on a little bit um which was disappointing because we both wanted to to obviously stay at the club and and whether we got given rubbish contracts or whatever we we wanted to stay at the club because we we'd been there for the last sort of three and a half years and um to not so sort of you and, get given you and louis both joined in the same window didn't you yeah yeah so we i think he signed a couple of weeks before me maybe yeah um but yeah so it, it, it's, it was disappointing in the end um and it was frustrating because we never really got a chance to to sort of try and earn a contract or even just to showcase ourselves to clubs and a lot of clubs would have been thinking oh those two have been injured for pretty much the whole season where like i said i was i was fit from sort of february all the way through to the end of the season and came on once or twice so yeah. for me do it was feel like do you feel like you were sort of like hung out to dry a little bit um yeah a little bit because the, the way it was handled it, it did feel like that um and even when we did sort of go in on the last day it was sort of it wasn't really a clear no like we're we're looking elsewhere or you can find a new club or it was sort of yeah it was it was such a strange sort of moment it was sort of oh well yeah it looks like you might not be getting anything and it was like well i need a yes or no yeah exactly (laughs) so it was it was it was strange. It wasn't handled very well um, in my eyes, and I'm sure Malty would say the same. Um, especially we we sort of got told that we'd be getting given minutes towards the end of the season once we're safe, and um, that didn't yeah. happen. No, exactly. Yeah, we were safe, and it's sort of the same team was playing every week, and it it was just a frustrating end, really. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was yeah that was that's all I can really say about it because we we just were desperate to whether we were going to get a contract or not we we just wanted to get on the pitch um play football and play football and, and if we weren't there the following season at least teams knew oh these two guys are back fit they're playing um where in the end i was speaking to clubs in the summer and they're saying oh well you haven't been fit all season or you haven't been fit since january and i'm thinking I have. I've, I've just not been getting picked. And to be honest, it was a bit of a struggle to to find a club. Um, I was speaking to a fair few clubs and they were all basically saying the same, that you have not been fit, you can come in, sort of train and come on trial. And I'm thinking, well, I've been fit for six months. Um, but that was sort of no no fault of my own. Do you know what I mean? That's why it was so frustrating. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, thankfully, the... Um, I got a call from Oxford and, and yeah, I ended up signing there. So heading into the summer, was it sort of like an, a nervous time for you going into summer as a free agent without a club again or have you carried that sort of mantra from when you were younger of not being silly with your cash and you think, do you know what, it's a period that yes, I'd like to have a club but if something doesn't happen till September, October, it's not the end of the world? Yeah, it was, it was a weird one because me and my my missus were, were settled we've got two young children um our kids even though they were young they they loved it um where we lived and it was just perfect do you know what i mean it was um everything was 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 going well except on the pitch so yeah it was it was it was hard to take because 
I knew obviously I was, I'm going to be getting a lot less wages wherever I go. Um, the fact that I've not played that long, like I said, clubs straight away were saying, oh, well, you've not been fit. But it was more the fact that my family was settled um, and not knowing where you're going to end up. Um, obviously, my family and my missus' family are from down south, Bristol and Swindon. So it's, it's, it's a good sort of just over three hours to get home. So for us, it was, well, what happens? How long do I wait? So the main thing, I, I just wanted to get sorted as, as sort of quick as I could. Um, and then we could sort of plan what we were going to do and where we were obviously going to move to. So the main thing was just to try and get a club sorted as quick as I could. Um, I know a lot of people sort of try and wait. And then all of a sudden this September and there's still no club wanted to sign them. So that was one thing I didn't want to happen. So as soon as Oxford sort of called me, um, it's 45 minutes from Swindon. So it was, it was perfect to move home and, um, so no yeah, was, yeah, it was a little bit. And then when we did move home, it was, it was, it was sad really, because we, I'd had so many great memories and, um, like I said, I had two, my first two children were, were born and raised in, in Leyland where I lived. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was just a sad sort of ending really. How how have you settled in Oxford then? Yeah, no, it's going well. Um, we've obviously we've had a fairly decent start to the season. Um, I had COVID at the start, so that at the start of the season, so that was a bit of a bummer. And then um, a food food poisoning it sort of went around the, the changing rooms a little bit. So again, it's been a little bit stop start, but um, I'm feeling good. And obviously, we've we've been winning a fair few um, league games recently, so I can't. I can't really go banging on the manager's door when we're when we're winning and doing well in the league. So um, yeah, hopefully I can I can sort of get myself back in the team and and, and playing regularly every week. Yeah, how's Carl Robinson been to it with? Obviously, there's been quite a lot written about him in in the press and in the media over the years, and I think on the whole he's quite well thought of in the footballing world. How's he been for you? Yeah, no, he's 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 been good to be fair. Um, it's again it's it's a lot different to sort of the last sort of manager i've had and the way he wants to play is is sort of attractive sort of free flowing football and um if the manager kick uh, if the goalkeeper sorry goes long he he gives him a bollocking so it is literally um quite the opposite to what sort of we were like at the end of the season with with preston so it's um no it's nice to be sort of um almost changing what I've, I've been used to for such a long time. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's a great coach and um, you can see why his teams have always sort of been in and around the playoffs because of the sort of the football um, he gets them to play. Was there a chance that you could have returned to Bristol Rovers in the summer or was that never on the cards? Um, to be honest, that was in January. Um, it was a possibility to go on loan there. Um, but obviously Alex said no, he wanted me to stay. And then, to be honest, I, I I probably could have gone back in 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 the summer, but for me, I wanted to sort of stay as as high possible as I could. Um, I wanted to stay obviously in the championship if I could. I spoke to Luton for a bit, um, and they sort of said exactly what I said earlier that I've not been fit, and um, it was difficult to sign someone who'd been out for so long when obviously I hadn't, but. 
I can see why they why they think that. Um, so yeah, it was it was it could have been on the cards, but like I said, I wanted to to play at a level as high as I could, and um, and I think Oxford was was sort of the perfect choice, especially the way they sort of play football. Yeah. What's your what's your plans if you've got any at all yet for sort of when you hang up your boots? I know there's been a lot sort of last probably two, three, four years put on what footballers do post playing. Have you sort of given that any thought or uh to be honest, I always I always thought I'll, I'll get into coaching. Um obviously my dad was um a player who then went straight into coaching after his playing career and He's still a coach now um, for Wales under 21. So it was something I always thought I would, but I think the older I've got, the the less sort of passion I have for for coaching. Um, obviously, for playing, it's, it's totally different. The passion's still there, but so I think the co- job at the Footlocker on the horizon. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I might even open my own shoe shop. I think. Um, but uh, yeah, no, nah, I, I I'll still do my badges. I think. Um, just to make sure I've got them, um, I've got a couple. But I think nowadays there's so there's so much more to coaching than going out on the pitch, putting a session on, and and you go home. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah, there's, there's the, a lot more. There's the human element to it as well, isn't there? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, obviously, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on, finish them off. Um, but yeah, I've, for me, I I haven't. Apart from coaching, I haven't really thought too much. Um, I've got a couple of ideas that I might want to do in a few years, but at the moment, I'm just, I've had such a up and down couple of years. I just want to get back playing regularly and playing every week and then see what happens. Yeah, well, you're only 29, aren't you? So you've got got a few years ahead of you, yeah. Yeah, touch wood, touch wood, and there's no more injuries. Yeah. Yeah, a few more years. Um, last few questions then. John Sumner mentioned that I should ask you to tell one of your your jokes that you used to send to the lads. <laughs> um, to be honest, uh, <laughs> he's he's the joke teller. Um, yeah, I've heard actually, he's uh, partial to a few. Yeah, see, I mine would more be videos or pictures into the group chat, so yeah, yeah. I'm not really a, a, a joke teller. But it, Johnny, it, Johnny it, was certainly the joke teller. It's a good job we don't put the uh, the video version of these podcasts yeah. out. If the, if the videos and pictures, that yeah, there was there was, a, there was a few dodgy videos, and so was he used to send a few dodgy ones as well. To be fair, but <laughs> nah, there's there's no jokes from me. Um, what what are your memories of Cowley? I know he's um, he's someone that from from the fans is talked about in sort of high regard, and Jordan. Hugill had a lot to say about him when he came on the pod. What's what's yeah, your nah, memory of Um He's just a legend, really. He, um, I used to go for a coffee with him and Darnell. Sounds, sounds like um, everyone used to go for coffee with him. Yeah, it literally, there was lads. There was new a new member of the coffee group all the time. But yeah, I even met him in the summer um, and gave him a, a signed shirt he wanted. Um, I still speak to him from time to time. Um, I've got him on Facebook, and he's always, always putting up new things on Facebook. Always in his PE kit as well. Um, but yeah, now nah, he's just, just obviously PE through and through, and he was just such a, such a nice guy. Um, and yeah, he was, he was a laugh as well. To be fair, lads used to do all sorts to him, chuck him in wheelie bins, and chuck him in the jacuzzi, and 
there was all sorts that used to happen to Cowley. But yeah, he is he is a great guy. What's your uh, what's your favourite memory from your time at North End? Um, to, to be honest, I've got I've got loads. Um, there's so many good memories, but probably the, the the one that sticks out for me is probably the goal against West Ham. I'd say um, footballing wise, um, yeah, is obviously one of the probably the best goal I've I've ever scored, and um, I had so so many good memories on and off the pitch. There was a lot of obviously Christmas dues and it was a good laugh and we used to have now and again the odd um all day with the lads and yeah, there was there was so many. Um even like memories like chucking Cowley in, in the jacuzzi or anything but yeah, on pitch definitely be um uh, that West Ham goal. Have you have you got any regrets from your time at the club? I I wouldn't say any regrets, um, but maybe I probably I probably would have been a bit more selfish. I think um, in the fact that maybe not maybe gone in and, and just told the manager, sort of asked him why there's certain times where I wasn't playing. Or I think when I when I came back from my ACL, I was sort of in and out of the team and. Um, it was frustrating, but I understood. Obviously, I'd just come back from a, a sort of a big injury. But at the same time, when you're sort of playing well, you want to be playing as much as you can. And um, I wouldn't say as a regret, but I think probably would say just just to to go in and and sort of I don't want to say confront the manager, just ask him the question really. And because there was probably times where I I wouldn't be playing or I wouldn't come on, and I I probably just let it go without sort of finding out the reasons why. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say any regrets because end of the day, I, I think a lot of the the negatives that come from my time at Preston were, were injuries, which I sort of couldn't help. And they have, even though they're the most annoying thing in football, they are something that's sort of been a big factor in my career. So um, yeah, I wouldn't say any any regrets. Who is who is the best player that you played with at North End? Hundred uh, percent is Piero. Um, he used to just take the mick in training. To be fair, he was he was <laughs> he was on another level. To be honest, um, he used to control games. Um, I remember when I first signed, we played Red in away, um, and he must have hit about. 25 diags from about 60 yards straight to my feet and um yeah he just he used to just control games even against the top teams in the league he'd he'd run the game he knew when to slow it down and when to go pick up the pace and play it through the lines and yeah he was he was the ultimate player for me was he also the toughest opponent that you'd face in training would you say uh it's a tough one uh him or darnell darnell was not many people like playing against him and I think he's he's um, underrated to be honest because the amount of times lads wouldn't would they wouldn't even want to be on uh, the opposite team and train him because he was you couldn't get past him um, he'd either forearm smash you in the face or he'd just send you flying in a in a tackle so um yeah I'd probably say Piero and and, and uh, Darnell 
what what did you make of Darnell and Piero's uh, dark arts, so to speak? Yeah, to be honest, I think you need that in your team. Now and again, you need a bit of that. Um, bit of a shit house. Yeah, that was. I'll never forget Piero. We played um, Aston Villa away, and I think we ended up drawing one all. They scored late on, Lewis grabbing penalty. Um, but at half time, I remember Piero running past John Terry and tapping him on the back and saying, Your legs have gone, aren't they, JT? And he sprinted after him. And it, <laughs> I've never seen someone with head loss like it. Um, oh. But yeah, like you said, you you need you need people like that in your team sometimes just to just to wind people up and um, put Get them off the their game. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, he, them two were definitely very good at it. Do you think that's something that we're perhaps missing a little bit now with obviously the the lads that have left and 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 the leaders that have left as well? I know obviously Brownie's captain, but. You know, again, speaking to Piero, he spoke incredibly highly of Tom Clark. And yeah, no, I was how I was just big a character to say. he was in the dressing room. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to diminish Brownie's impact as captain. Um, but again, I spoke to Piero about this, and I think Brownie's, from my point of view, probably more of a leader in the way that he he sort of carries himself on the yeah. pitch and, and yeah, around yeah. the training ground, as opposed to. And I'm not saying he doesn't do this, but as opposed to being the kind of person that would maybe give you a bit of a bollocking and whatnot. Yeah. No, yeah, 100%. I was literally about to say, since sort of Clarky left, it, it's, it never really felt the same. Um, he was almost like a, a big brother to everyone um, and, and and helped lads out. He could sort of tell when lads were down. I'm not saying that Brownie can't, because he, he is a good captain. And like you said, he, he sort of leads by example on the pitch where... Clark, he would obviously give you a rollicking and have a go, and um, he was obviously slightly different. So, um, yeah, for me, because I, as soon as he left, there was there was a, a bit of a change, and even people around the ground, the training ground, used to used to sort of say it. But when you're in it, you don't you don't really see it as as clear as if you sort of stepped away from it and had a look in. So. I think since Clarky's left, there's definitely been sort of a a drop in a drop in something, but you, it's, it's hard to put your finger on on what, yeah. whether it's leadership or just something that, that's missing, really. Um, yeah, I was going to say since he's left, has it left kind of like a just a bit of a hole in general? Yeah, definitely. Um, he was the man who sorted anything out, you know, yeah. like nights out. Uh, team meals, team bonding, uh, fines. He'd sort the fines out with the manager, or if it was a player fine, he'd sort them out with the boys. And he was just part of everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and when he left, it it almost didn't get replaced. Um, like you said, Brownie's different, and then you've you, you've got Ledo as well. Who he's he's almost similar to to Piero in the in the fact that. Um, He's sort of bubbly around the, the training ground and on the pitch, and he's a he's a great lad. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of Clarky, that sort of spot never really got replaced. Yeah. What 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 are you sort of any of your standout memories from your time at the club? Like funny, sad, good. Like, have you got anything that will always be with you? I know you've probably got loads, but is there anything that sticks out? Um. 
yeah there is there is literally loads um it usually i always remember the ones on the pitch um obviously my first goal um away at forest that was that was a big one for me um i think it was my fourth game maybe or fifth game um so yeah that was a massive moment for me yeah and then uh, for some reason i don't know why but i always remember redden away in that game um i had a good game and it was just one that i always thought if if i play like that every week i'll i'll do all right and um we played slightly different that day and i got loads of the ball and 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 got the better of my man um but yeah so whenever i think of sort of good times it was always sort of i try i try and think of ones on the pitch because yeah. it was probably a lot more limited to what i i thought it was going to be yeah um so yeah the even the second time i scored at forest away that um, was the 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 ball under the shirt celebration one yeah that was the yeah. yeah so my missus was pregnant so i did to be fair i i the stoke game when i scored and shanked one underneath uh Butland. Butland. I, I, I was meant to do it then and I couldn't really go running back into the goal after he just done that so I, I missed it so I made sure I said to my missus and my mates I'll, I'll do it next next time yeah. I score so it was a bit I, I had to wait a bit Stoke longer. one didn't you just have your hand over your mouth yeah to be honest I, I was just more in shock and I was just laughing and then Piero come running over basically saying how the hell has he not saved that um <laughs> and yeah everyone was just cracking up saying oh what a strike um when clearly it wasn't it was a big miss kick um but yeah i think hey, the boys take, just... take what you can get exactly if you don't buy a ticket you, you won't win the raffle so yeah, well yeah exactly you miss 100 percent of the shots that you don't take exactly so um so yeah it, there was there's, there's there's too many good memories to be honest yeah. to to think of. Um, last one. What if you were to put a five aside team together from players that you played with at North End? Who would be? Yeah. In? And you can include yourself or not. But I, okay. I will say I think only one person has included themselves. Oh yeah, no, I'm not going to. I'll go without. So I'll go. I'll go Tom Clark at the back. Um, and then I'd have Galley. Um, what was it? Five aside, yeah. Sorry, yeah. should I go goalkeeper? Goalkeeper, sorry. Um, Dan Iverson, he was when he came in, he was unbelievable to be fair. Um, and then I'd have Tom Clark, and then I'd have I'll have two at the back actually, I'll have Fish as well, yeah, because I hated playing against him. And then uh, I'd have Galley DJ in the middle. And then striker, I would have. I'll have to go for Robert. No Piero. Oh shit! I forgot about Piero. <laughs> oh, it's a tough one. This. Actually, do you know what? I'll, I'll go. Galley and Piero in the middle. Yeah, that that would be my my five. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> do you need two in the middle if you've got Piero in there. Probably not, but. Galley, you can't Galley, leave Galley out, can you? Really? Nah, it, the goals he used to score in training and finishing, his technique was was unbelievable. So yeah. he'd be whipping balls in for fun, and then Robbo up top. Yeah, just because no. the form <clears throat> his last sort of couple of months. Obviously, I'm I was out all of that season, um, 
but yeah, he was on fire that season. And no he's surprise still, to see him go still on, on fire now. Done. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Bill, unless you've got anything else you want to say, then I think we can wrap the pod up there. Thank you very much for your time. It's yeah, much appreciated. No, thank you. No worries.